This is CQ Future. I'm Sean Zeller. The government was running an enormous annual deficit before the pandemic. After the virus struck this year, it has tripled to more than $3 trillion. And the U.S. government's total debt, now more than $20 trillion, is as large as the entire economy. That's a level we haven't seen since World War II and was long viewed by economists as a danger zone. And yet, the harbingers of debt disaster, such as rising interest rates, are nowhere to be found. Interest rates, in fact, are as low as they've ever been. That's made it possible for the government to borrow liberally to combat the virus and prop up the economy. And most in Congress, along with President Trump, want to spend still more. Is it sustainable? And if so, might the government be able to spend more on critical issues like climate change and healthcare? Or will there ultimately be a reckoning? To discuss that and more, my guest today is Jason Furman, a professor at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government who previously chaired President Barack Obama's Council of Economic Advisors. Professor Furman, welcome to the show. We appreciate you joining us. Happy to be with you. Are you worried at all about all the money we're spending right now to combat the coronavirus? I am worried that we're not spending enough money to combat the coronavirus. I think there is a broad agreement among economists and policy experts, you've certainly heard it from Fed Chair Powell, that the economy needs more support, both more money to combat the virus directly, but also more money for the households um, who have lost their livelihoods because of it. Should we spend whatever it takes then? I think we should spend whatever it takes. I don't think we need to spend more than it takes. So I don't think we need to spend $5 trillion right now because the economy is in bad shape, but not nearly as bad as the shape it was in in April and May. Frankly, it's in slightly better shape um, than I thought it would be in. So we need to spend whatever it takes. We need to spend a lot, um, but that doesn't mean uh, spend in a wasteful and unnecessary manner. After the pandemic's passed, will there then be a reckoning of sort? Are we going to have to deal with the fact that we spent several trillion dollars? So the view that we should spend whatever it takes and not worry about the debt this year is a consensus among economists. What happens next and how urgent the debt will be is something that lots of economists are trying to wrap their heads around, are less sure about, and there's less of a consensus. My own view is that I am very unworried about the debt. And the reason I'm not very worried is that interest rates are so low. And as long as interest rates are so low, the debt doesn't present much of a burden to the government. It doesn't prevent much of a burden um, to the economy. And in effect, it's a little bit like financial markets yelling at us, we're not that worried about the debt. You shouldn't be either. What do you make of that? That interest rates indeed have remained very low. They seem to track what the Federal Reserve has wanted in lowering the rates that it controls. But is there any danger that it could get out of the Fed's hands, that other rates could start rising despite what the Fed does? So it's really important to step back and ask, why are interest rates low today? 
And the important observation there, there's a few important points. One is they've been falling now for about 30 or 35 years. They've been falling in lots of countries. They were already somewhat low before the financial crisis. They were already very low before the COVID crisis when the economy was in very good shape. And what all of that tells me is that most likely, we can't be certain, but most likely this represents a longer term structural shift in the economy. It's not caused by Jay Powell or this Fed governor or that European central banker, um, but some underlying fact about the economy that has changed um, over the last several decades. And thus, it's likely to persist whether or not the Fed wants low rates, um, we're likely to have them. People talk about the tools in the Fed's uh, toolbox, one of which is lowering that rate that they control. Um, but lowering it as much as they have, have they diminished their ability to respond if the economy suddenly gets worse? The Fed did almost exactly what it should have done in response to this crisis. I give it very high marks. Um, you know, if you're saving your ammunition for anything, now is when you want to save it for. Um, and I'm not sure the saving ammunition metaphor is even exactly the right one um, for thinking about Fed policy. Um, the fact, though, is that the Fed is limited in how much they can do to help an economy with the problems that ours does right now, which is why fiscal policy, increasing spending or cutting taxes, is just so important and has to be central to any economic recovery. Back when you served in the Obama administration early on, the president was considering something that was known as the grand bargain, right? It was to cut government spending and raise taxes in an effort to bring the budget into greater balance. Is there any argument for pursuing something along those lines in the short term, in the long term, still? So my own view is that if you have anything you can do to make the world a better place, um, you should do it. Back in 2011 and 12, I was part of the team working with President Obama on that grand bargain. My view is if we had succeeded, it would have in some ways improved the delivery of Medicare because that's the place where I think we can save money and make it good for people in the process. It would have reformed the tax code in a way that would have made it both more progressive and more pro-growth. It would have included in that deal some upfront investments in things like infrastructure combined with the longer term cuts. And so I think there was a lot to like in what we were trying to achieve, even independent of the deficit reduction. It served a broader set of goals. So that's what I'd say here. Deficit reduction for the sake of deficit reduction, I don't think that's a top priority. A lot of progressives have looked at the deficit and the hand-wringing over the years about it. And they've seen Republican presidents uh, who previously were worried about the deficit, but then in office have waged wars in the Middle East, have lowered taxes in ways that have expanded it. And they've said, why aren't we spending more on progressive priorities like climate change and healthcare if the deficit doesn't matter as much as people thought? Do they have a case? I think um, the progressives have a case in two respects, um, but I wouldn't go you know, all the way. One is a, just a political case. What is the point of us 
constraining ourselves when the Republicans aren't going to. If we leave a lower deficit, they'll just have bigger tax cuts. Um, I think there's some real truth to that. Um, and that's shifted my own thinking some. Um, the second is economically, the deficits just aren't the end of the world. And you know why should we obsess over them? And that's an economic point. Um, I think that economic point is increasingly true, but I don't think it's all the way true. So my own preference would continue to be that if you have a new long-term plan, you should pay for that long-term plan. Like we did with the Affordable Care Act, you have higher revenue on high-income households, you save money from reforming the health system, and you plow that money back into expanding healthcare coverage. So I think that pay-for model um, remains, roughly speaking, the right one. But I understand why, for political and economic reasons, you know, thinking has evolved. The progressives called their idea modern monetary theory, the idea that the government can spend a lot more than it has. But you do not subscribe to it. You've said in the past you don't. What's the flaw in it? Yeah, I teach introductory economics here at Harvard. I don't teach my students modern monetary theory. That theory is not in any textbook I'm aware of. It's not in any um, serious journal article that I'm aware of. And the problem with modern monetary theory is that it claims to have discovered a timeless truth, a theory that explains everything always. But yet we know there are times and places where countries do run into trouble when they borrow too much, um, when they don't pay for things. We also know that all the successful progressive countries got there not by running up lots of debt, but actually by raising revenue to pay for more health care, more spending on education, more spending um, on retirement. And so um, modern monetary theory is a good description of how progressives have achieved their goals around the world. It's not a good theory that explains everything. It just as a matter of coincidence sometimes might be true for a period of a year or two or three, might be in one of those moments now. It's definitely, though, not something I would bank on um, as a timeless truth. Okay, Professor Furman, we're looking at a new president in January, Joe Biden. He's put forth some proposals on taxes and spending. How do you see the debt issue changing in his presidency? You know, certainly the politics of the debt issue will change. You'll see Republicans becoming more concerned about the debt um, than they were before um, and the like. As long as interest rates stay low, I just don't think he is going to be facing the same pressures for deficit and debt reduction that, for example, Bill Clinton faced in 1993 and forced Bill Clinton um, to change his agenda. I think Biden will have to do the combination of if it's a short-run temporary emergency, you don't need to pay for it. If it is a longer-run permanent change to healthcare or education, um, you do need to change. You do need to pay for it. I think that's something that Democrats in Congress will want him to do. I think that's a reasonable um, economic policy. But I think, um, at least economically, there's nothing to upend his agenda. Um, in terms of the debt. Politically, there may be some um, constraints on him from Congress's worry about it. He's talked about raising taxes on the wealthy as a way to, to pay for some of his proposals. Does that make sense if we're still facing high levels of unemployment? 
Higher taxes on the wealthy, I think, make um, perfect sense. First of all, in the long run, uh, we don't need to worry about your question of whether we face high unemployment or not. Um, but even in the year 2021, Biden could do a stimulus plan that was $2 trillion, could raise taxes on the top by $200 billion, and it's still a very large net expansionary fiscal stimulus. And that's why the economists that have analyzed his plan, for example, the um, economic uh, researchers at Goldman Sachs, find it to be a net increase in economic growth, a net increase in jobs, even with the tax increases in the short run, because they're just so out, uh, outweighed by everything else in his plan. So let's step back. How do you see the debt in the future? Will it continue to be growing as it has these many years in a way that causes people to shudder and will get used to it? Or will there be a return to balance at some point? I expect that our debt is going to, for the very long foreseeable future, be more than 100% of America's GDP. That was a number that five years ago would have seemed impossibly and recklessly large, but we'll find that the economy goes along, businesses invest, um, there's economic growth, and that some of our fears of debt of that level were overblown. If you look at the CBO forecast, it has the growth, the debt continuing to rise, you know, up to, I don't know, 200% of GDP or more. Um, I think we probably will take steps to um, stop that from happening. So I don't think it will rise as much as some forecast. I think we'll eventually take some steps to deal with it, but I don't think we're going to reduce it below 100% of GDP. And I certainly don't think that we're going to balance the budget deficit on an annual basis um, anytime soon. So Professor, you know we're going to get to a point past the pandemic where there's going to be an argument made that we need to start tightening our belt. And Republicans are going to say the social safety net needs a looking at, social security, programs like that. Um, is there any case to be made for reining in the spending in those areas? No, I think there's room for some spending cuts. I'm most enthusiastic about ones which have their own policy justification, you know, smart ways to reform health care. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount of space, though, to solve the problem on the spending side. And in fact, even elected Republicans tend not to put out explicit proposals um, that cut spending by very much other than for um, low-income programs. And I definitely wouldn't cut low-income programs to deal with the deficit. But Republicans are just as supportive, uh, you know, and generally of Medicare and Social Security spending as Democrats are. Well, it's often said we spend a lot of money on health care compared with other developed nations and don't get much better results. You have some thoughts there about how we could cut spending and, and improve quality? Yeah. Part of it is uh, changing how you pay, um, paying for results rather than for the quantity of stuff you get. Um, part of it, I do actually think cost consciousness um, plays a role. So in Medicare, having people um, exposed to a little bit more of the cost of what they're doing. Uh, part of it is better negotiation of prices. I actually think with hospitals, that's much more important um, than with the more uh, fashionable topic of drug pricing. 
And so I think there are a number of things we can do in our health system to slow cost growth. Um, even with all of those, um, I think it's unrealistic to expect we get anywhere close to what other countries are spending in that area. Professor Furman, thank you for joining our show. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode of CQ Future. Thanks for listening. For all of us at CQ Roll Call, I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you.